Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Winning is obviously a great feeling. Um, and then coming off of what, three, four game losing streak. Um, and then winning a big game on the road, obviously keeping our playoff hopes alive. Um, and just the, the way we did it, the fashion in which we did it, running the ball, being physical, I think we made a statement today. Yes, indeed, Dan Moore. The Steelers did make a statement on the final day of 2023. A trying year for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but one that once again, for the 17th year in a row under head coach Mike Tomlin, will be a year where the team finishes at 500 or above. I'm Austin Bechtold with you. Happy New Year, 2024. The Steelers celebrated in style on the West Coast in Seattle. 30 points once again. Back-to-back weeks that the Steelers put up 30 points or more on the board. And it's another victory. Two in a row for the Pittsburgh Steelers after a 34-11 dismantling at home in the final home game of the season against the Cincinnati Bengals last week. The Steelers... And what could have been even more seemed like it was going to be a two-possession win, but Seattle with a garbage-time touchdown in the end added more onto the board, but the Steelers pretty much dominated. Two rushing touchdowns from Najee Harris, a rushing touchdown from Jalen Warren that got it going in the first quarter and put the first points up on the board with 153 to go in the first. Steelers just played great. They were efficient. They were on point. They were solid in multiple different aspects, multiple different areas. It was odd seeing the Deontay Johnson fumble where he was out of bounds just barely. George Pickens where, again, another close call for the Steelers twice on wide receivers fumbling, something that... Didn't expect to see. It's not something that you've necessarily seen a lot. It's usually drops or just poor play out of the wide receiver position. Lack of effort. But George Pickens was good. Deontay Johnson had a couple good plays. But it was the running game. And it was Mason Rudolph and how Rudolph factored in with the running game. It was an offense that could not be stopped. And yeah, Seattle's got Devin Bush, who was the leading tackler for Seattle, by the way. 17 tackles for Devin Bush. Devin Bush, Mr. What, 12 emojis? 12 laughing emojis that he put out there with the Steelers after losing to 2-10 and teams. And basically, with how he talked it up on social media, that was his last tweet before the Steeler game. 
one of those I'm just going to show you type of moments against the Steelers. And look, maybe Devin Bush did play well. But if you're recording 17 tackles, there's probably a reason why. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren were running all over Seattle defensively. They couldn't stop them. The Steelers' offensive line played one of the, its best games of the season by far. Probably its best game of the season. This is a team that has won two in a row after losing three in a row. Steelers have lost three games in a row every season dating back to 2018. But they're still in it. They're still alive. Does it make sense? Yes, because this is Steelers football in the area in the era that we live right now. It just is. It's fun. It's entertaining. They're in it, but they're not really in it. But they are. And they have a couple of possibilities. And if they go their way, the Steelers can be back in this thing once again in the playoffs. How about the ride, though, for Mason Rudolph? He's somebody that it did not seem like Mike Tomlin trusted. Mike Tomlin even really wanted to be on the team. He should have went to Rudolph a game earlier than Trubisky. Mason Rudolph is playing, I think, like the Steelers expected Mitch Trubisky to play. Now he's going from one of the guys who people wanted to just run out of town, no longer be here. Mason Rudolph as a non-factor, the guy that tied the Lions, and also that was benched for Duck Hodges. And there are circumstances around that I know that you can talk about and discuss, but that's just that's what happened. And now the Steelers tweeted out last night after the game, he's going around signing autographs for Steelers fans. He signed a baby in Seattle. Wearing a Najee Harris jersey. I'd love to just go inside the mind of Mason Rudolph right now and what he's thinking. What is going through his head. He's played great the last two weeks. He's played better than any Steelers quarterback have has the last two weeks since Ben Roethlisberger retired. He's just balling. 112 passer rating, 274 yards. He was 18 and 24. No, he didn't throw for a touchdown. But he commanded the offense. He hit open receivers. He took chances down the field. And the difference between Mason Rudolph and Mitch Trubisky taking chances down the field. Trubisky's taking risks into double teams, middle of the field, just kind of throwing it up there for grabs. Rudolph, timing throws that are on the money. He's on with George Pickens. No Steeler quarterback has done that at all this year. Maybe not even last year. Where the connection is there with George Pickens, and it looks easy. You have to start Mason Rudolph next game. There's not even a question. Mike Tomlin did say he's not going to address quarterback right now, in the moment, against Seattle. Okay, I get that. It's very fascinating, though. When Jerry Dulac tweets that Kenny Pickett is healthy. Now, what level of health is he at? That's a different question. But he's healthy. Probably good enough to play. Okay, emergency quarterback, whatever. But you're dressing Mitch instead of Kenny to go in this game, which again, somewhat like a winner-take-all situation. At least win and stay alive. Lose and you're done. Mason Rudolph, it's just crazy. I don't know about you, and you can call in 
412-928-9370. I'm sure Greg in Pittsburgh, somebody who frequently calls in and is a Mason Rudolph supporter, he saw this coming. A couple of other people did too, but I didn't. I thought the Steelers were going to lose in Seattle. That was one at the very beginning of the season that I marked out as a loss. Now, again, I thought they'd beat Arizona. I thought they'd beat New England. Again, at home. Have we gotten to the point where the Steelers are better on the road than they are at home? I mean, win in L.A. against the Rams, they clinched a playoff berth. Win in Seattle, that's a tough place to play. I know they kept talking about on the broadcast, tough environment, very difficult game. It's true. It's one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL, if not the loudest. Them in Kansas City. You have to start Mason Rudolph. And it would surprise me if Mike Tomlin doesn't. Because seems things just seem kind of fishy around Kenny Pickett, don't they? Mason Rudolph, good to go. Will be the guy in Seattle. Kenny Pickett kept being talked about. Oh, he's looking better. He's in much better shape. Mike Tomlin even said that. And when he said it to Steelers.com, Kenny Pickett's looking better, but it was pretty much we're going to ride the hot hand. It's pretty much what Mike Tomlin said, if you don't want to just read in between the lines. Mason Rudolph completed all nine passes on outbreaking routes for 149 yards in Week 17. He completed, this is from Next Gen Stats, plus 17.2% of his passes over expected. He now holds the two highest CPOE marks by a Steelers quarterback in a game this season. The other one was last week. Happy New Year, Mason Rudolph. And if you look at overall his delivery and his passing chart, yeah, you you still weren't throwing it plus 10 yards down the field in the middle of the field. But for Rudolph, he only had one incompletion of passes over 20 yards. He hit two of them. If you want to talk about plus 15 yards, Mason Rudolph completed four passes, a couple of them deep shots. Overall, 18 completions, he was good. I just don't know, I don't know how you can't start him in in Baltimore. So the Ravens have locked up the number one seed. What does the path look like right now for the Steelers to potentially get into the playoffs? I still don't like their chances. I thought they'd go into Seattle with DK Metcalf, who shredded Joey Porter. If there was a welcome to the NFL type moment for Joey Porter, it did not come until this game. DK Metcalf taught Joey Porter Jr. a couple lessons in that game. Six targets while guarded by Porter. Three receptions, 86 yards. His press coverage rate, eh, 27% though. Porter line from DK Metcalf on 26 of 32 routes. It's 81%. Metcalf was really good. He was the first wide receiver to gain over 40 yards against Porter in coverage this season. He got 86. Well, Joey Porter Jr. locked up everybody this year coming into this game. You're talking about some of the best of the best. Puka Nakua, yes, rookie, but having a fantastic year for the LA Rams. DeAndre Hopkins. Whoever you put Joey Porter up against, they said on the broadcast he was mad that Jamar Chase was out of the game. He doesn't back down from a fight. 
Now, Metcalf just got the better of him. Big, physical, strong, wide receiver. Porter at 6'1". Just wasn't enough to handle the 6'4", 6'5", DK Metcalf, who was open down the middle of the field. Geno Smith, I think, played okay. Mason Rudolph was up for the task, though, right alongside with him. So what has to happen? What do the Steelers need to happen? Well, it starts with a win. If the Steelers lose, they still have a chance to get in, but they need a hell of a lot of help if so. The easiest way for the Steelers to get in is to win against the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills lose. Or a win against the Ravens on the road. Not going to be easy. We'll get to that in just a second. Or a Jacksonville loss or tie. Jacksonville is playing at Tennessee. Now, Jacksonville probably had a better chance to lose yesterday in Carolina. No Trevor Lawrence. David Tepper's throwing drinks at fans of the Jaguars in the stadium. The Jaguars basically said no comment. The NFL's probably going to have something to say with David Tepper. Would not be surprised if something comes down today or tomorrow. Probably tomorrow. Today being New Year's Day, the NFL League offices will probably prolong that for another day. The Steelers could tie in Indianapolis and Houston not tie and Jacksonville lose. There's probably a 1% chance that that would potentially happen. Maybe 0.5. And then the fifth scenario, even with a Steeler loss, if Indianapolis and Houston do not tie and Jacksonville loses and Denver wins, the Steelers get into the playoffs. The most likely situation is that the Steelers win and Jacksonville loses. I don't think Buffalo's going to lose. I really don't. They're going on an absolute tear. Remember when Buffalo lost in Philadelphia and we all kind of the, we all wrote them off? Buffalo's done. They don't have a chance at making the playoffs. They're the number two wild card in the AFC right now. And what's really funny about Buffalo, I think that they can go to the Super Bowl. I really do. Baltimore is a very good team. They're probably the best team in the NFL. I think Buffalo can beat them in Baltimore. I really do. I think Buffalo can beat anybody in the AFC. They've shown that they're capable of it. They almost lost, though, to New England at home. 27-21 was a one-possession game. Now, was it really as close as the score indicated? Yeah, at times. At least in the first half. Buffalo kind of put things away a little bit in the second half. Able to get a touchdown in the third quarter. Josh Allen, a rushing touchdown to get in. So, these are the scenarios for the Steelers. Buffalo loses. Jacksonville loses. You've got a shot. Obviously, you have to win. But the Buffalo Bills have won four in a row. In terms of just playing the odds, they're bound for a loss, right? They've beaten the Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, and Patriots coming off of their Week 13 bye. In Kansas City, at home against Dallas, at the Chargers, they almost lost the Charger game in what was kind of a pitiful game for Buffalo. Josh Allen was okay. He didn't throw the ball too much. He ran it a decent amount. James Cook continued his breakout. Easton Stick, as Joe Starkey calls him, the stick figure, 87% passer rating in that one. They almost beat Buffalo. New England had a chance of beating Buffalo. They dismantled the Cowboys in Dallas, and they won at Kansas City, which is usually... It's an odd game every time that Dallas, every time that Buffalo, rather, in Kansas City face off. That Dallas game 
It's kind of a beatdown. And that's all coming after the Eagles' loss in November. They had their bye, regrouped. They play Miami on the road. It's the final game of the NFL calendar in the regular season, Sunday night football. And you know what? I would put it as a 50% chance that the Pittsburgh Steelers season is going to come down to whatever happens in Miami between the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. That's just how it is. The NFL loves these things. That's how they write these scripts. They don't actually write the scripts. But if they could, it would come down to the very last game of the year. Remember that game between the Chargers and the Raiders? Where if they would have tied, they both would have gone to the playoffs. But since Brandon Staley decided, yeah, you know, we'll kick the field goal. In a game where the Raiders decided to kick the field goal. It was just a mess, a disaster, and the Steelers got in because the game-winning field goal was kicked instead of just two division opponents saying, okay, we'll just kneel the ball out, take the tie, and we'll both go. The Steelers found a way. Now again, we'll be scoreboard watching and seeing what happens in Jacksonville first, but the Steelers are going to be the ones that get things going. It's a 4.30 kickoff against the Ravens in Baltimore coming up week 18. It's the first game of the week 18 slate. So you get to watch the game on Saturday. It's also the same day as Pirates Fest at 4.30. And the Steelers, well, I'll be damned, favor by three and a half. So that gets to what does Baltimore do? Because why would the Steelers be favored in that game? The chances that the Baltimore Ravens do not play their starters decently high. Will Lamar Jackson play? Do you have to go up against Zay Flowers on the outside? Will Joey Porter Jr. have that matchup? No matter what running back they throw out there, everybody gets hurt. Mitchell's hurt. J.K. Dobbins was hurt at the beginning of the year. Gus Bus, Gus Edwards continues to run over people. They're pulling these running backs off the street you've never heard of. Well, Melvin Gordon, did you know he was still in the league? He ran for a touchdown, garbage time score against the Dolphins. They dismantled him. Baltimore is fantastic. They beat San Francisco. They beat Miami, and it wasn't close. It was a beatdown. It was a humiliation on the other side. On the road in San Francisco. At home against the Miami Dolphins in a game that truly, in this, it was never close from the beginning. Tua, again, got exposed. The Dolphins against a good team got exposed. This is just kind of what Miami is. It was the battle of, not mid-teams, between Miami and Dallas, but two teams that don't like to beat really good teams. They like to beat average. So, if you're the Steelers going into Baltimore, A, you have to start Mason Rudolph. Pretty easy. And B, you're kind of expecting to face off against... Anybody but Lamar Jackson? Anybody but Zay Flowers? How many of the first-team offensive linemen play? Do you see anything from Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Kyle Hamilton was banged up? Or do you see Tyler Huntley? Now, Tyler Huntley, remember, made the Pro Bowl last year. Maybe just a little bit because everybody else was hurt. Some guys didn't want to play, and that's why Tyler Huntley got in, but he still got in. It will be a tough game 
in Baltimore. It's still not a pushover game. Baltimore's backups could probably get on the field and start and play on the Steelers team. Especially with all the injuries that the Steelers have. In the back end, a key is going to be what happens with Mika Fitzpatrick. Can he return from the knee injury? How many guys return for the Steelers, counteracting with how many guys are out for Baltimore? Lamar Jackson versus Eric Rowe, who's actually played kind of well in two games starting at safety for the Steelers. Patrick Peterson has played kind of decent as well. What happens in the back end? And also, what happens with Baltimore and how many guys they play is going to make a real difference. If Lamar Jackson doesn't play, the Steelers' chances of winning that game on the Austin predicting meter, whatever the hell you want to call it, they probably, if Lamar plays, if everybody plays, has a 30% chance to win that game, maybe 25. If Lamar doesn't play, and a lot of the other starters don't play, even if they just play a quarter, maybe it's a couple series. I really like the Steelers' chances. I'm saying 60% the chance that the Steelers win. Go into Baltimore and win, where the Steelers have had a decent amount of success. And Mason Rudolph gives this team the best chance to win. Down the field, he takes risks. But they're risks that have high reward. They're not the same type of risk that Mitch Trubisky throws up there and kind of hopes that somebody comes down with it. They play well. George Pickens is playing well. And as George said, they're coming together at the right time. It feels different, just like I said earlier, you know, just the guys coming together. Uh, camaraderie, I've been on a team where camaraderie wins championships, so guys coming together for sure. Was there a meeting, or, or what, what do you think kind of led to you guys coming together the last two weeks? Uh, practice, to be honest. There was no, we had the same meetings, we had the same type of, you know, talks every week. But uh, the chem- when you get on the field, when you get on the grass, that's, that's really the biggest thing. So I'll probably take practice. I think the first part of that from George Pickens, it's kind of telling, right? Now, obviously, he's won the national championship with Georgia. He's seen it, right? He's seen what success is like with the Georgia Bulldogs. An undefeated season, Kirby Smart, good head coach, someone who's been around, similar to Mike Tomlin. He knows what it's like to be at the precipice of being a good team, being in the playoffs. Now, obviously, college playoffs different than the NFL and whatnot. But still, the whole point of the matter Once you get rolling, there are similarities. And George Pickens is starting to see those similarities. And I'm sure it doesn't hurt that he's starting to get fed once again as well. Because when the Steelers weren't winning, George Pickens wasn't playing good, and George Pickens wasn't acting the best as well. And now, in the last couple of weeks, George Pickens has gone off. Deontay Johnson has played well. The running game is doing great. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren... I've dubbed them Thunder and Lightning. I'm sure somebody else probably has, or that nickname has probably been used with multiple other different tandems. But think about it. It kind of works, right? Najee Harris brings the Thunder. He will run downhill, run right at you, run a couple of guys over, and boom, pick up that extra yard, just like he did on the touchdown run. His second touchdown, where he would just not go down. He refused to go down. Where he was crawling his way to the end zone and sprawled in just barely by a couple of inches, if that, maybe just an inch or two, made his way into the end zone. Where Jalen Warren's the lightning. 
He will stiff arm a defender. He'll make a defender look dumb, stupid, throw him to the ground, stiff arm galore. And he's got breakaway speed where it comes out of nowhere, like a bolt of lightning. And you just don't expect Jalen Warren to have that type of speed. But again, if you put him in open space, you give him enough room, he can break out of it in nobody else's business. And everything, all the chirp, chirp, chirping, crickets. So what happens when you win? Distractions and George Pickens not blocking. His blocking's picked up. He's blocked well, especially on some of the rushing touchdowns. He's blocked well. Deontay Johnson ran backwards for what ended up being a first down early on in the game. I thought that that was kind of fascinating. He ran backwards to move forward and made a defender look silly. Things go away when you win. Distractions go away when you win. Now, if they just would have taken care of business against one of the two and ten teams, again, hindsight 2020, but even if you just win one at home against Kyler Murray, who, hey, was rocking a Sidney Crosby jersey in Philly and got the win, because if you're wearing a Sidney Crosby jersey, or if you're a player who's representing Sidney Crosby, or if you're Sidney Crosby, you just can't lose in Philadelphia, it seems. It was a good day for the Steelers. They need help. This is not the first time that this has happened. I don't think they're going to get in because I don't see Buffalo losing. That's probably the matchup, though. I mean, they they could lose against Miami, especially because Miami got shelled against Baltimore. It's possible. Jacksonville, they've played horrible, but they won without Trevor Lawrence against Carolina. So can they win on the road in Tennessee? It's possible. Weird things have happened in Tennessee in the last game of the year. Weird things have happened with the Colts. Or last year, all the weird scenarios and Week 18 and things that needed to happen. and It's exactly what the NFL has wanted. And it's exactly what the NFL is going to get. The Fan Early Morning Show. It's presented by CGR Wholesale, where the average Joe buys like a pro. Also, Fan Weather. It's presented by Sun Chevy. 23 Silverado 1500s. They're up to 7500 in rebates. SunChevy.com. There's some snow flurries earlier on. Overnight and continuing, 33 degrees. The high is 39, low of 32. Snow flurries continuing ah, for the next hour or so, but should just be cloudy conditions for the rest of the day with the temperatures in the mid-30s. Back with a little bit of college football talk when we return. Family Morning Show, Austin Bechtel with you. Happy New Year, Pittsburgh. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Steelers were pretty uplifting yesterday. Penguins also won. Penguins, how about the Pens against the Islanders last couple of games? Pretty successful on a roll to close out 2023. Steelers and Penguins win to close 2023. I mean, man. After all the struggles that you saw with the Steelers with Arizona, New England, Indianapolis, Mike Tomlin, 17 years in a row without a losing season since he started to be the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, never seen it. It, it is impressive, and I don't want this to be, you know, things need to change. I'm, I still think that Tomlin's time is past and that the NFL, I don't know if it's passing him by, but that there needs to be a change. They need to identify some of their issues and problems. But right now I have bigger issues with college football. Oh my word. So, if you don't follow me on Twitter, at Austin R. Bechtold, you wouldn't have potentially seen this. But if you did, you would have seen my frustration with college bowl games. And the lack of players playing in college bowl games. Georgia pummeled Florida State. It's like 24 opt-outs. 22-24 opt-outs, including many starters. Double-digit starters did not play for Florida State. And Georgia ran them over like it was a 6A team playing a 1A team. Never had a chance. Never had a chance whatsoever. And part of that is just by who played. I drove 12 hours to the Peach Bowl to watch Penn State play against Ole Miss. And maybe that was just my own fault. Maybe I shouldn't have gone or whatever. But there was only supposed to be one opt-out. And then the day of the game, multiple players were announced as out, not playing. Okay. Supposedly it was news to a lot of people and not just the people sitting in the stands and even people sitting up in the press box. I was talking to a couple of people that were up there covering the game. College football has a problem. Players opting out of bowl games, we're not talking about the pinstripe bowl or the holiday bowl or make up a name bowl. The Pop-Tarts bowl was really cool, by the way, the edible mascot. That stole the show. We're talking about New Year's Six Bowls. We're talking about the Florida State. Yeah, it's kind of a case in itself. Okay, you didn't make the playoffs. You're upset about it. Nobody wants to play. You just kind of gave up on the season after being fifth, and Alabama got in. Okay. But, oh, my word, nobody played. Kalen King at corner. Penn State's corner got exposed. Olu Fashionu. Okay, tough I pick. I get that. But there were people that are not even going to be high draft picks in multiple, multiple different areas. Of the field. Offense, defense. You know, Penn State. Georgia even had opt-outs. Florida State. Ole Miss had some opt-outs. Whatever. College football has this problem with opt-outs. And bowls aren't as relevant anymore. And I'd also like to see assistant coaches, just like the NFL does, 
shouldn't have to leave, shouldn't be able to leave until after the season ends, after bowl games end. I also don't think you should be able to opt out or really enter the transfer portal until after bowl games are over, after the season. Doesn't that make the most sense? Shouldn't that business be taken care of after the season? I don't know. That might be my own frustration with college football. And here's the the reality of it. It's probably going to fix itself next year when 12 teams make the playoffs. But what happens when the 10th team in the country, or let's say you're the 12th team and you're playing against the five, and uh, you think it's an easy win. So, yeah, a couple players are going to opt out. What happens then? It's probably a whole topic for another day and a whole discussion for another day because there's so much to say about it, but college football needs to fix itself with that issue. Happy New Year to college football. New Year's six playoff games today. Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, Alabama, Michigan, Washington, Texas. I think Alabama's going to win. The SEC has owned the Big Ten in the bowl season right now. They really have, other than Maryland winning. And I, I like Texas. Quinn Ewers, it's a good team. Texas is indeed back. And then in the national championship, Alabama-Texas. Flip a coin. Texas won earlier this year. See what happens. Happy New Year, Pittsburgh. Thanks for listening. It's Crowley and Kale coming up next on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.